0: so unpredictable here on the SNL network Yes that's right. Hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of our patron feedback show on the SNL network. My name is John Schneider and I am so excited to be here today with another one of our incredible patrons. Thomas who is you know just so excited to talk about the show I love getting to interact with the patrons all of you have been so great in your support of us starting this patreon early in season 47 and it's really really cool to you know have this benefit where we can host podcasts together and talk about the season so let me bring him in Thomas Senna is here we spoke to him once in season 46 and now joining us for the first time in season 47 Thomas how are you
1: Yes, I'm doing great, John. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited as always to talk about the show. Uh, I love what you're doing uh, with the SNL network and everything. I'm just so happy to be a part of this community.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. I um, I honestly, Thomas, I get to see you in the chat, and you know, through a lot of our shows, and it's just really fun to get to talk to you and catch up with you. Um, you know, for anybody who remembers you from the podcast last year, uh, tell the listeners, like you know, what you're up to, where you're at, uh, what's happening in your life.
1: Um, just uh here living uh in uh just about 30 minutes outside of albuquerque in the mountains with my wife and our cat and three dogs kind of living the quiet mountain life and uh things are good um i've i've been pretty as far as the show goes i've been i've been i've been pretty, uh, it's making me feel optimistic uh, a little bit, kind of the, the start to the season, um, but things in my world are as, as good as they can be. I guess, you know, we're still living, having all this big shared experience with COVID, but, you know, things are as good as it can be, I guess, trying to make uh, the best of, uh, of what I've been dealt
0: okay well let's talk about season 47 so uh we're two episodes in i'm curious to hear you know you said you're positive on the start of the season uh what did you think can you tell us more details and maybe more specifically about this kim kardashian west episode we saw earlier this week
1: uh so with this episode um i loved it i hated it i feared it I- and i accepted it as my one true god oh, that was my favorite <laughs> terry fink um uh, that was probably like maybe one of my favorite uh, bits of the night, but uh, I thought it was a, a good episode. It actually it actually exceeded my uh, expectations, um, and I wasn't one of those um, who was upset or or criticized SNL for uh, bringing Kim Kardashian West uh, on board. I was actually pretty curious uh, about it. Uh, she's you know she's been in the um, she's been entertainment adjacent or showbiz adjacent, I guess, for you know a long time now. Um, it's, it's not like Elon Musk who, who really was. And I think this was a lot different than, uh, and it made more sense to me that she would be hosting rather than that. So I thought those comparisons right off the bat, uh, were a little unfair, but I was going in, um, curious and looking forward to it, but I tempered my expectations a little bit cause I didn't know how, uh, I thought she might be a little, um, uh, stiff on camera, maybe, uh, a little stiff reading the, the cue cards, which she, Kind of was initially, but um the overall show um I thought was was pretty good, and it gave me no reason to believe that we're in for a for a downer of a season it actually um I think the season the first two episodes have have gotten off to a pretty good start but but I mostly enjoyed myself uh on Saturday, and I actually think it fit. Uh How the show has been maybe over the last few years where it was definitely for me the pre tapes were a lot stronger than the live sketches. Uh, and weekend update just killed it. Like always, like if, if I go to, to every Saturday night live, knowing that if nothing else, weekend update is going to make me laugh and I'll get something out of it just by weekend update alone. Um, but you add in some really nice, good pre-tapes and I was able to get a little bit out of some of the live sketches. So I thought it was pretty, I thought it was a decent episode.
0: That was the guy with no mouth.
1: (laughs) And I saw yes. that TJ in 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 the uh, the feedback show uh, earlier this week brought that up too on Instagram. On yeah. I, yeah, I responded. Uh, says the guy with no mouth, and he was a little confused a little bit, but we kind of hashed that out. So yeah. No,
0: no, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, you know what? That's such a good point, Thomas. Because uh, it was so weird this season where we had like uh, something pretty unique in the premiere, where there was just uh, one pre-tape in the premiere, and then. Um, the you know probably wasn't the strongest, and then all of a sudden we went back to something you know more of a pattern we've seen in the last couple of years, where episode number two there were some really strong pretakes, and maybe like not as strong sketches. So why do you think that change was made from episode one to episode two?
1: I was kind of wondering if they maybe and it, it could be me just just throwing out a weird theory, but maybe they trusted the host. Uh, in an episode one, a little bit more with the live aspect of it. Uh, uh, Owen Wilson, be- yeah, being more of a comedic, having a comedic background and everything. Um, maybe they, maybe they trusted that he could carry live sketches uh, more so, and they didn't need to um, sort of lean on pre-tapes as much as with Kim Kardashian West. Um, could be just a coincidence. I don't know. The uh, SNL um, is a is a strange brew of. Uh, uh just with our production schedule and everything that goes behind it it's sometimes it's really hard to pinpoint why something happens or why things make air uh, but that could be that could be it uh you know they trusted owen wilson a little bit more with live stuff
0: yeah yeah that's a really good point uh thomas is there any cast members that are like really standing out to you so far this season that you're really impressed by or maybe not as like impressed as you thought you would be going into season 47
1: uh, well, we'll talk about him more, but um, James Austin Johnson uh, uh, definitely has been. I mean, he's, he, was, he was the story of the first episode. Um, I think he's uh, continued that. Uh, I think uh, 80 has really uh, done a lot. I think, I think some of the veterans, I expected some of the veterans to take more of a backseat uh, in this season. That still may happen with 80. There might be weeks where maybe she's filming something or uh, like Kate is right now. Um, but 80, it seems like it's really been um, to me at the forefront of, of a lot of these sketches, especially this week, she had the whole um, swap sketch with uh, uh, almost like the freaky Friday sketch with, with, with Kim Kardashian West. Um, she was able to carry that. She, she was in like in the lottery sketch. She, they could have got anybody kind of to play the, the, the co-anchor with Keenan in that sketch, but it was 80. So it seems like 80s, um, Fingerprints have been uh, on on the season quite a bit um, already, maybe more than I expected.
0: Yeah, actually, that's a great one, Thomas, because I actually think that despite all our talk about people like Kate and Cecily and eighty, you know, being around forever on this show, I actually think that AD's, uh performances on the show in the last, you know, like season 46 and then throughout season 47, um, have been much better than than i expected like i know she's a great cast member i know that she's done a lot of really cool things in her nine or ten years on the show but uh i was really impressed with with what she's done recently i actually think that it's gone under the radar uh if, if you can believe that how good she's been and Uh, This switch parody that we got to see, we didn't get to talk about it a lot in the roundtable, but uh, she was really funny in this. And I know this is like a, you know, like a staple of 80, like switching places with somebody. But I was just, uh, I'm really impressed that, you know, so far into her SNL career, she continues to like bring it in everything. uh, And you can't say that for everybody.
1: No, you can't. Some people get complacent the longer uh, they've been on the show. Um, we've seen that throughout SNL history, but it seems like eighty has loosened up a little bit. She's having a lot more fun, and but she just seems super comfortable in that environment. She's willing just to just to really own um, just pretty much. Every sketch that she's given a feature role in. So uh, I think that's a great point. And something that I, that I couldn't quite put my finger on really until you brought that up is she has grown quite a bit uh, as a cast member. What is this, her 10th season? Something like that. Uh, and yeah, 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 something like she's, that. And we're she's still, still seeing
0: in, in 2012.
1: 2012. So, um, and we're still seeing growth from her. That's really great. I'm glad that she hasn't become complacent. She's so talented.
0: Yeah, 100%. Uh, so, you know, we're going to talk through what happens, uh, you know, throughout the episode, our thoughts on a bunch of things. We have like a lot of fun, uh, you know, segments planned for this feedback show. Uh, I did see something today though, just just a comment and Casey in the chat brought this up. So I just remembered, I did see that 80 is signing a deal with NBC universal to produce some, some extra shows. So, uh, could she potentially be heading out at the end of the season to produce a talk show? That's something that I think has been rumored. So that could be, uh, something uh, like a really cool storyline to watch for 80 moving forward.
1: I saw that on tw- come up on Twitter, but I was curious. I didn't read the, read the specifics or anything. There might not be specifics, but I can I can see eighty doing some sort of talk show. She's very likable.
0: Yeah, I think like uh, I think Kelly Clarkson might be moving into Ellen's spot, and then is a, <laughs> there the potential for eighty to get a talk show? I mean, I think that would be really fun. Um, I don't know when the last time an SNL cast member or former SNL cast member has gotten a daytime talk show. So that would be uh,
1: wow. Yeah, a daytime talk show. I have no idea. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you get your track
1: staff on that to research.
0: Yeah, we need to figure that one out. So if uh, <laughs> if anybody in the chat knows, that would be uh, that would be fun to talk about. Um, so we're gonna do a really fun uh, fun show today. What we have for you guys is we're gonna bring in Nicole Rovine, one of our amazing podcasters, and she does a lot of marketing for us. She is uh, one of the people who was lucky enough to attend the Kim Kardashian West live show this week. And she's going to tell us about her experience and she's going to join us for the rest of the show. We're going to talk through what's happening in SNL social media. So I know Thomas, you yourself, you said you're not on every social platform, but sometimes people miss things, right? So we get to fill them in on what's happening Mm -hmm. on social media. And then also we'll talk through the different questions that you have given us on Twitter and on Instagram uh, for the show today for Thomas and I and Nicole to answer. So let me bring in Nicole Rovine. Hello, Nicole,
2: Hi. how are you? I'm good, I'm excited to chat. Hey, Thomas.
0: So, Nicole, uh, always great to hear from you. So you decided to go to the live show this week, which must have, this was your first experience in 8-H, right? Yes. Okay, can you tell us all about it? What was the best, what were the best parts? What did you, how did you feel about being there?
2: Okay, so I would say that to anyone who can make it, who's in the New York City area or can make a trip out of it, it is so worthwhile to go through the process of, I, I did the standby line, and I met some amazing people that I would never have met otherwise, and now I feel like are friends forever. So just the process was, I would say Friday night was as fun as Saturday night. The the people that, that congregate to want to see the show, it, it's it's an amazing community of people. So that alone, just the experience was enough for me. I was like, if I don't even get in tonight, I had an unforgettable weekend, alone just just being around here meeting these people but then i got in the the energy was just unreal it, it was i think i've seen so many episodes i've been so engaged and present and, and excited about this show and and digesting it in different ways but just being there was inexplicable i i'd never could have anticipated it being as magical as it was um and so yeah we i was i was ended up being on the edge and i would say every seat is as awful as it is amazing and vice versa it really just depends on what sketch is going on um so wait, you say every, you say
0: you're on the edge what does that mean
2: like it, there's kind of a a U u-shape in in the studio in in terms of the on the seating. second floor yeah so there's this there's on the bottom that if you see the the camera pan to the audience. Nine times out of ten, that's the floor audience that we see. Um, if, if you're watching from home, but that's that's probably about ten percent, I would say, of the total audience. And then there maybe five ten percent. And then there's a U shape at the top, and that has a you know ten or so rows or so. So it's um, it's it's very small, but it's also a good number of people are in there. And if the, if it's a U shape, I was the very last seat on the right side of the U so I could see I could see into some back at back end areas kind of thing um but then there were certain things where I, I I was watching behind Kim so for the lotto sketch where she was in the the pink dress like the pink baby doll dress I was like right behind her basically I was like I was I could I was watching from behind her but pretty much right next to her so so that sketch we mm-hmm. were super close um, it was just, it was magical.
0: So what would you say is like the main difference between someone watching on TV and watching the show live at a H? Cause I know that when you're watching, like I've gone to like, let's say, uh, Thomas, like tell me if you relate to this. Like I- I've gone to like professional football games before. Right. And you go and you're like sitting in this huge stadium with 50,000 people. And it's really cool to be there because you're with all the the fans of the team, but almost like there's times where you can't, see what's actually happening in the game and then you go home and you watch the game on your tv and you're like maybe it was a better experience to just watch this from home nicole does that does that translate at all to snl like is going there worth it if you can't see everything
2: a thousand percent yes um because if you can't see something you can always see something else so if you can't see the the sketch going on you can see someone preparing for another sketch you can see you can always see something happening even while they're Filming live the the sketch that we're watching from home, the TVs are everywhere. I had four TVs in my very clear line of vision that I could have chosen between, and I I they were all as as good as if I were sitting on my couch or in my bed the, the TV. So I had lots of TVs to choose from, and I would say I had a a view, even though I was all the like you couldn't have been far further on the edge, so to speak, than, than I was. I, I think I had a worthwhile view of everything. So, um, I, I, you're not going to see if you go live even the the best seats in the house. So the, the Kim's Kim Squad for anybody who who wants to know about Food God was there. Scott Disick was there. Um, Steph Shep, all everybody. So for them, best seats in the house. But even them, their seats were only as good as the. Sketches going on in their view. When then were when there were sketches near me, I had the better seats. So the the really fun magical thing about being in the studio is that you always are watching something, and you always sometimes have the best seat in the house. That's how I would describe it. There's always it, it kind of makes every seat feel really special. So I felt like I I wasn't Scott Disick. I I didn't get the 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 tape on my name like like he did and he posted, but I felt as special as he did, just in the sense of my seat had its very own view of, of things.
1: So last week there was a really cool video uh, from the shot on the floor after the cold open in the Owen Wilson episode of um, after James Johnson said, or they all said, uh, said life from New York at Saturday night, you could see, I believe it was 80 and um, maybe Bowen Yang, or the, the, uh, they, were, they they kind of patted James Austin Johnson on the yeah. on the arm to kind of say like great job or that was awesome or whatever. Uh, did you notice any interaction between the cast members like after they went off the air or did they just kind of whisked away? Uh, what was that like?
2: Yeah, I I think that what we saw that moment uh, last week where where Pete eighty and Cecily kind yeah. of patted him on the back that was the most like that type of moment that that I think there's been in the last two weeks is my guess because this week I didn't see much of that the the biggest thing I saw was that um Kim and we saw there we were shown this for the tv right after the dream guy sketch in the yellow dress that there was a a clip shown where Kim was was being sort of skirted off and and she had her hands on the shoulders of one of her I'm not sure who it was but someone on the crew who was sort of her go-to person for the day. And so what we saw, what you saw on the screen that right after the, the dream guy, yellow dress sketch that happened every single time. So she was like h- attached to the hip um, with, with that woman who was, you could just tell that, that that's why she had that job. Cause she was so warm and encouraging and had the best energy. I, I'm not sure what her name was, but um, she 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 was the coolest. Like if if I were a host, I feel like I would I'd be in very safe hands to know that that she was always you know. So to so, so to answer your question, I didn't see a lot of interactions between the cast members, but I did see a lot going on with with Kim and her and her right hand woman that that night, and that was constant. They were running around together the whole night.
0: And is there anything that will happen behind the scenes that we wouldn't have seen on TV that you think that you saw? in any of the sketches that was like unique and you wouldn't know otherwise if you're watching on TV?
2: Yeah. So a lot of the sketches are, if, if there are are people or groups of people facing each other, they, I'd say at least in, in this instance. And I, now that I've seen it, I imagine it's nine times out of 10 when people are facing each other, it's, they are totally at different studios. So if there's some, like a very kind of, flat edge. Different surface.
0: stages, so, you mean not to, yeah, not like yeah, they're not in a different stage. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. So so for example, sure. the the cold open, Heidi was facing the she was she was right next to me. So she was where Kim was for the lotto sketch. So she had her she she was behind the desk. And then all of the senators and and everybody else in that big group of people that that were they had like 80, Cecily, James Austin Johnson, Kyle they were in a totally different part of the, they were on a different stage, a totally different part of the studio. Um, so they're not actually playing off of each other at all in those instances. Um, so that was interesting. Another one was Bowen when he was the genie and Jasmine in Jasmine and Aladdin. He was totally different stage from um, Kim and Pete and then later Cecily and Keenan. Um, so that was really interesting to think about how they're not, playing off of each other. So some those are the types of sketches to look out for when you'll find that sometimes, or I started to notice now I'm going to look out for it, is that when there are camera delays or things that the the cast might do some improvising. So Cecily, I think, did a little bit of that in the cold open, and she sort of ad-libbed a little bit, and it was because there there was a, a camera delay. and And so that, I think, is a little bit inevitable, and it's just another example of why these people the cast, the crew, everyone are so talented because they're not playing off of each other in the way that it is set up for us to believe they are when we're watching on, on TV.
0: That's really cool. Yeah, I think that that happens a lot in the cold opens, especially ones where there are like press conferences. Uh, you you would see like one shot is of the president or somebody who is, you know, actually doing the press conference. And then another shot, you'll see the crowd of reporters asking and oftentimes that will happen. You know, they're not actually facing each other. This is happening on two completely separate stages. And that's like a really cool factor. Um, For me, I mean, I know that when I went to the show once, just the most fascinating part, Nicole, was just seeing people between all the sketches, just doing all of the, you know, like setting everything up and then putting everything back and then watching what Lorne Michaels was doing, you know, as he's walking around the studio because he is walking around making sure that everything is going the way it's supposed to, sometimes ending up in the beginning of sketches. (laughs) So, uh, Nicole, any, any shots of Lorne that you saw that were really funny?
2: Yes, I'd say more than anyone... Well, actually, Kim, Kim's right-hand woman, I would say, was was the person I saw the most aside from the cast. But Lauren was present. He was ev- every time something was going on. He was right there. And my favorite instance of that was right before the good nights when Kim did her thank you to everyone, everyone, everyone. So many cameos. Um, which she had, she had a longer one than most people who just say thank you to the ho- to the musical guest and da da da. She had a long thing that she had to recite. Um, so right. Right before the we, the camera went went on to to do that, Lauren was up next to next to her until the very very end. So so he was saying I couldn't quite make out exactly what he was saying, but he was like just giving sort of words of encouragement right right up next to her. So picture the camera is maybe six ten feet away from her. Lauren is in between Kim and the camera until like two seconds before she starts saying, thank you to everyone. So that was, I saw Lauren everywhere, but that was my favorite instance of seeing Lauren because it just shows how how much until the very end when you think good nights is so, it's a casual, good night, have, have a good, thank you for it Like you think it's so casual, but right up to that point, there's this utmost professionalism and, and seriousness that it takes to execute this kind of show every week for 47 years. So that, that was cool to see. He was right till the end, very right up right up in her face <laughs> in a way that I think was, was good.
1: That's really interesting. I always imagine Lauren watching the show from like an ivory tower in the back, like just sipping on scotch. And uh, that, that's really cool that he's actually on the floor kind of, you know, interacting so he- with people.
0: Yeah, Thomas, he's like a mafia boss, like he's walking yeah. around making sure everything's <laughs> going okay. Like if there's people who are there that are like watching the musical performances, which is like on the stage directly to the left of home base, like, and there's, you know, really, there's not supposed to be many people out there that come out for the musical performances. And like, I, I remember just seeing him being like, ah, you're not supposed to be here. Like he's just <laughs> making sure that everything is going okay throughout the night. It's, it's very funny and interesting to watch. Um, so Nicole, overall thumbs up for going to see the show live.
2: Thumbs so high! It was the best experience. Um, I'm probably going to do it again soon with some friends. I, I, it was so worth it and magical. And I, I can't believe it, it was free. It was, it was okay. incredible.
0: Well, thank you for telling us all about that, Nicole. You want to stay with us for the rest of the show as we go through some social media? Yeah. All right, let's do it. So, uh, you know, we had we put together the social media from this particular week where everyone was talking about what was happening from the Kim Kardashian West and Halsey episode, and we're going to fill you in on all of that. So I'll read through some things. Thomas, Nicole, you guys comment on what we get to see on social media. And let's start with uh, Chris Redd. And I think that Chris is going to be part of every segment we do every week because he goes off on Twitter every week. He's so funny to follow. Um, <laughs> so, you know, right before for the show uh he's tweeting about the show happening and he says uh at red said it says a lot of y'all got that i'm making a status to tell people i'm deleting facebook but then you post the next day like nothing happened energy and it's hilarious as thomas as somebody who's <laughs> deleted their facebook can you relate to that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, so I didn't make a big proclamation. I just sort of deleted it and moved. I, I actually I made a I made a big deal of it to my friends after the fact. But I totally understand what he's saying. And uh I I, I think Chris Red might be my favorite uh social media follow out of all the SNL people, because he just sort of uh, tells it like it is. Like remember last week, he sort of he attacked the people who always say SNL hasn't been funny in X amount of years. Or I've been watching SNL. Oh. They describe oh, it like wait. they like they did a <laughs> bit, or you know. So this time he was saying, I think I assume he was addressing the people who say, you know, since Kim Kardashian West is with ho- hosting, I'll never watch SNL again. And then they talk about the show like they never made that proclamation. So I love that Chris is just not afraid to to address that. Type of criticism and feedback out there. We we'll just
0: wait for this. So, uh, <laughs> at Moldy Cheese, it, uh, otherwise known as Ego Nordem's girlfriend on Twitter, says, uh, "Trying to get that SNL notice." I see. So, uh, just trolling Chris, and Chris responds, "I work there, you dweeb." Crying face, crying face. <laughs> 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 so funny. Um, so uh, yeah, I just love how he interacts with all the trolls on Twitter. He's just such a great follow. Nicole. Uh, So a lot of Kardashian talk, obviously, on social media this week. Uh, So from the Welcome to the People's Court sketch, we had the Kardashians on E. And Nicole, Kardashians, the show's over, right? Like there's no, no more show happening?
2: Well, there's a new show. But in terms of as we know it, keeping up with Kardashians on E has ended.
0: Okay. All right. Well, Kardashians on E says... Uh, Kim, there's people dying at this sketch that was at the People's Court sketch. And Nicole, as far as my understanding is, this sketch played a lot better live than it did on TV.
2: Oh, it was amazing live. I mean, I I think I would have loved it on TV regardless of how I saw it. But live, I I thought it was amazing. It was it was quick. It was lots of moving parts, and and it it felt maybe on on TV it w- wasn't as evident how much went into making that. Happen, um, but it was for me. It was great. Um, and then something else about it was, so Chloe it, in the during the commercial right before it, Chloe and Chris were spotted, and people were like cheering and cheering and cheering. Um, and then Chloe was already on her sort of her her podium when the when they started filming, so she didn't get. An, a round of applause, but it was because we had already been cheering for her before the camera started rolling. Um, but oh. then Chris got an applause because she we had seen her and we were clapping for her, but we had it had been a minute. So then she walked onto the stage in between kind of micro scenes, and then she got a round of applause. So that's that's a little tidbit that if anyone was wondering why did Chris get applause and not Chloe, that's why it's because Chloe was was right there and we were clapping for her. Right up until there were people who were really risking it with their cheering, like two seconds before, and then yeah, there's a lot yeah. of
0: woo girls in the chat. Uh, sorry, in the chat, in the audience. Yes. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So we, we heard right those. In my ears.
2: <laughs> I really um, heard the them too.
0: Yeah, no, it wasn't you, right?
2: <laughs> no, but I was very close. There was there was one infamous person, and if you watched it closely or twice, it's very distinct who It is right behind me okay week.
0: so everybody was looking at you um yes. <laughs> uh, casey in the chat wants to know uh, nicole is there an actual applause sign that they light up during the episode oh, totally
2: yes yeah. i thought it was Classic gonna be game. a little more more than it was i thought it would it would match up with jokes that they wanted us to laugh at but it was pretty much just like when certain things started and ended it was it was more of like a stage direction re- relation more so than like this is funny clap it felt more like organized because in my head when I heard of that about that I wondered if if they while people write scripts they're like okay I'm gonna add that this part I want the the applause thing but it was it was really just like an extension of stage directions it wasn't anything too too kind of specific
1: Actually, I actually have a question re- kind of related to the applause sign. So, you know how at the beginning of uh, the episodes you see like the NBC logo and then you kind of hear faint laughter and then like before the show actually starts and then it goes into the show, are people actually laughing at something in the studio or is that canned? Uh, does the show just kind of play that? Do you know That's what I'm talking question.
2: about? Yeah. I, I mean, we, I
1: think it's was, canned. Is it canned? I think it is. I'm pretty There's concerned. a lot okay.
2: going on before yeah. like Che did three or four minutes of warming up the crowd At around 11.10 and then 11.15, Keenan, Chloe, Ego, and Heidi did their musical number. And then there was about eight or nine minutes, not much going on. Um, Yeah, the band was playing. The band sounds so good live, by the way. They're amazing. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, they're
1: unbelievable. Yeah, the reason I asked that because I knew that they did warm-ups and uh, crowd warm-ups and stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah
0: okay uh at halsey says uh feeling very busy playing with my baby's chubby legs and tater tot feet might skip snl idk uh halsey i don't know if people saw this before the show uh, i believe was uh breastfeeding in her in her uh dressing room prior to the show which i don't know how often that happens at snl but uh that was pretty funny to get to see that picture obviously trolling because halsey's a friend of the show um this one I liked. This one was uh, at Machine Gun Kelly, Blonde Dawn. So, uh, referencing exactly what you were talking about, Nicole, with the whole Chloe and Pete doing Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. Um, someone, po- uh, someone posted on Twitter said, uh, "At GSR Ramin said Pete Davidson's impression of MGK is sending me." And then Blonde Dawn at Machine Gun Kelly says, "I think it's time for me to come on the show as Pete at NBC SNL." So, Nicole, can you see a Machine Gun Kelly appearance coming up soon?
2: 100%. I think it's not so far out of reach to have Megan um, Megan Fox host and Machine Gun Kelly musical guest again. I think that the show is is in that vibe right now. So I think we're, we're going to see him come on the show. I think he's, he's pretty much friend of the show, given he's been on and he's best friends with Pete. So there are going to be plenty of opportunities for that to be very realistic.
0: For sure. Yeah. So, Thomas, I know you loved the Terry Fink, Alex Moffat's uh, character on Weekend Update yes. last week. So it seems like a lot of people did. We had a tweet from Edgar Wright, who is a you know famous director, uh, director of uh, Shaun of the Dead and Ant-Man. Uh, he tweeted out, I think Alex Moffat is a much underrated comic presence on SNL. I could watch him rip through wordplay mid-drug meltdowns anytime. So uh, it's <laughs> yeah. very impressive what the high-wire act that uh, Alex Moffat does with his wordplay.
1: Yeah, that was super impressive, and I think uh, when 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 Edgar Wright says many like the drug meltdown, you could see it when there was this moment in that sketch where Alex just kind of stares blankly, and then he kind of like has to he has to like get a hold of himself. So you see him kind of like blink a couple times, and then get right back into it. And uh, I think that that was a that was like a chef's kiss kind of like perfect touch to that character. I think that was a keen eye by Mister Edgar Wright for sure.
0: And we also, uh, you know, people seem to love what we saw from Please Don't Destroy. A lot of people are like, hey, 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 don't compare them yet to The Lonely Island. I know we're, you know, we put out something yesterday on social media that says, you know, how could they potentially get there one day? But. Uh, you know, for us, uh, I really enjoyed what we got to see uh, Mike Robiglia, who did, uh, you know, had a few shorts uh, on, I believe, in the 90s, uh, if that timing makes sense. Uh, he commented on Instagram that he absolutely loved what he saw from Please Don't Destroy. So I think uh, slowly they're gaining a lot of fans on the show.
1: I think they're super talented. I think uh, that, that first sketch showed why they, they got hired uh, as writers and and performers.
2: Yeah, it's a great example of when you are well-connected and that you are related to people who are really talented. Like, it can open up doors and they met each other. And, like, I think that's an amazing thing. So it's a great example of when people are in a good position, take advantage of it and and find people who are like you and make magic. And I think that's what they're doing.
0: Yeah. Our friend Rusty in the chat says, please don't destroy I reminds him more of Franken and Davis, which is uh, – yeah, that, that's an interesting call. I mean, I, I want to see what what style their their you know pieces end up getting, but interesting.
1: I don't know that we'll see music videos like the Lonely Island did. That's where the that's yeah. where the comparison um, doesn't quite hit the mark for me. You had mentioned the lettuce sketch last week, and so that's a definite kind of one to one comparison. But I think they'll go a different direction. That's a good um, point, Rusty Franken and Davis.
0: Yeah, Monette says the same thing as well. So we had Jay Farrow, former cast member, commenting on SNL, which is, you know, we saw Taryn Killam last week commenting on the premiere. We talked about that in our first patron feedback show. Now we have Jay Farrow commenting. Could there be, you know, maybe a cooling down of any tension between Jay and Taryn in the show who were, you know, ceremoniously let go uh, a few years back? Um, Jay Farrow says that Kim Kardashian absolutely killed that monologue, uh, fire emoji on Instagram. And then I guess, uh, you know, someone was, you know, you know, trolling Jay and talking to him through the comments and Jay Farrow says, uh, sir, you could give the best jokes in the world to someone who doesn't understand the science of the timing in comedy and the jokes will fall flat. They didn't hear. She did a great job delivering her monologue. So people just were, you know, so impressed with the monologue that we got to see Nicole, right?
2: Yes, yeah, I think that it was like the the haters were were ready. They really wanted to have something to hate on, but it, it was it was funny to to watch people on Twitter try to try to hate and find things. But at the end of the day, it was a very collective either you knew she would do well or you you were surprised she did well. and that was pretty much all of the the noise that that was in my my vision. And then a few a few kind of uh, not so people were were really reaching like somebody named Karen on Twitter. Um, had some issues with Kim's with <laughs> performance. And- yeah,
0: DM'd us, by the way. Yeah, about it. Said, yes. Uh, yeah. Do, do you want me to read this DM out on the, the podcast? This is funny. All right. Yeah. Um, let, me, let me read this out. So this is, a, uh, this is a Instagram DM that we got on Saturday during the show. This is from Karen. It is real sad that you're letting people on your show still be racist against the name Karen. I know I am not the only Karen out there. How would you feel? I got a real horrific <laughs> sorry, I get a real horrific time about my birth name. Tonight, Kim Kardashian had to bring this up, disgustingly not suitable, and it was never funny. Well,
1: Karen. Let's
2: get merch. We, disgustingly yes. not suitable.
1: We will try our best to yes. make sure this doesn't happen again. She's Karen. definitely right that there are plenty yeah. of other Karens out there. Yes.
0: Yes.
2: yes. <laughs> I think you need that um, on a t-shirt. Disgustingly not yeah. suitable. I'm obsessed. <laughs>
0: yeah exactly
2: send her to jail <laughs>
0: exactly all right. um, okay so then we also had uh, so Jay Farrow like you said he loved the monologue one sketch he did not love he didn't love the dream guy sketch because he he posted on Instagram uh, this is crap <laughs> about the dream guy sketch so uh, at least we get to know what he's really thinking as we, <laughs> as we get to hear from Jay Farrow I hope you hear from him all season long
2: yeah I like it's really noteworthy that that we got Taryn and then Jay in two consecutive weeks. I think that's a really and then Jason Sudeikis is coming next week to host, so it feels very ceremonious and and nostalgic that a lot of people who had maybe unceremonious or or whatever types of exits from the show that a lot of people are seem to seem to be in good spirits and and everything and all that,
0: yeah. NBC SNL posted uh, the dream team photo, which obviously had Schumer, Jesse Williams, John Cena, Chris Rock, Blake Griffin, Tyler Cameron, Chase Crawford. Um, and we had at uh, Heidi, Heidi L. Gardner said the next Vanity Fair Hollywood issue. This is actually a really great photo. So whatever you thought of the sketch, it's really cool to see them all backstage all hanging out. Um, there's some really good photos of the the cameos that we got from the dream guy sketch. Okay. I have a little bit of an issue, and I wanted to talk about this on the feedback show today. So, Thomas, Nicole, are you ready for this? Yeah, there, yeah. There's a thing that's going on online where people don't understand that, you know, SNL fans really take it to heart when you say skit and not sketch.
2: Thank you. <laughs> I'm so, yes, so glad we're a, talking about this. Yes, this, yeah, this is important. This,
0: yeah, this is very important. So, so look, it, just because you say skit, it doesn't make you a bad person, but... We prefer if you use the word sketch. (laughs) So all I'm saying is, when I read the next pieces of social media, just (laughs) keep this in mind. (laughs) But Thomas, this must bother you too, right?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think I'm with you. It doesn't bother me, but I definitely have a preference. I definitely think it's sketch. And when somebody says skit, uh, there's a little small percentage of me that judges them. Just a small percentage, but it it does exist.
0: Yeah. All right. So snl posted the cut for time costco meeting uh a clip to instagram at chloe kardashian i love this skit chloe you are in the room you know it's a sketch why are you calling it a skit <laughs> it drives me crazy
1: as soon as i read that post from chloe that that the first thing like like it caused it caused mental noise like when she said skit i couldn't focus on anything else that she had to say
0: oh it drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you would think that maybe maybe she would learn from from Chris Jenner, but no. Of course, Chris Jenner posts the Costco meeting on Instagram and says, "Love this skit from Kim's SNL episode from Saturday Night." And before anybody tweets at me, I know they don't run their own social media accounts. I'm not blaming Chris Jenner and Khloe <laughs> Kardashian, <laughs> but whoever is, why are you posting skit?
2: <laughs> oh, I think I think this is them. I really do, and I, I I'm totally with you guys on the skit versus sketch. But I will say, Chris Jenner is a real one for posting a cut for time sketch on the grid. Like that's real one behavior because she knows that everybody involved was disappointed. They wish it got more attention. And like Chris Jenner, that's why she just gets it. She she gets people. She gets it. So like I, I think that posting a full sketch, not skit sketch, to grid, <laughs> um is is so it's not like something that she would do all the time. And so for her to do a, a cut for time one. Um, I thought that was, I just respect that majorly. I thought that was a cool thing to do. Give it more, more attention and and kind of have it have its own uh, moment online a little bit more.
0: Okay, well, you know who doesn't get it? That would be JCPenney because mm-hmm. at JCPenney on Twitter tweeted out, "Hey at NBC SNL and hashtag Please Don't Destroy. Great skit." Thanks for the seltzer idea. We'll get right on that. We're thinking belts and ties. What's your flavor? So very funny, JCPenney. We all appreciate that you're buying along with this sketch. Thank you for saying skit. Oh, drives me crazy. Thank um, <laughs> you for,
1: for for being the voice of reason and for the voice of all of us, John. This is uh, This is making me not regret becoming a patron.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, you also sent me a tweet
1: which is, says, uh, manifest,
0: this is from at uh, Pappy, I know less, so I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, but uh, manifesting is really all hashtag SNL hashtag Kim Kardashian. I guess this is Amy Schumer crawling on the red carpet near Kim and, and Kanye one day, and then you have a photo side by side with Kim uh, talking to Amy Schumer. Uh, I completely forgot that this moment happened with Amy Schumer crawling on the ground at the red carpet.
2: Yes, it just shows it's a it's a visual representation of of how far they have come and and where Amy Amy likes to to troll people and sometimes she says things and you don't know if she's joking or if she's serious. She she had a, a good bit of one of her SNL monologues was targeting the Kardashians. She she gave a whole bit when when Amy hosted, I think in 2016 it was, and. Um, so for them to now be here in this moment is is really cool. So they've, they've been through it. And now I think it, it kind of shows us that they're they're both in on whatever jokes about the other they, they've ever kind of given out to the world.
0: Yeah. Um, we also had uh, Tyler J. Cameron 3. That's Tyler Cameron, who appeared in the, the uh, Dream Guy sketch. Uh, Thomas, you said you're not a bachelor guy, but your wife is a bachelor guy? Well, I don't want off. to throw
1: my wife under the bus. Like I was gonna say yeah. that she watches The Bachelor and I sit there, but I actually okay. like get invested in in the storylines and everything. So I know The Bachelor. Like you, my wife so and I watch The Bachelor together, so I did recognize uh, Tyler Cameron. And that that whole sketch was right up my wife's alley because because she's she's wa- watched The Bachelor with me um, every yeah. week.
0: Right. So if, I guess this was good if you definitely knew who Tyler, I, I knew who Tyler was. So I think this was good. Uh, so at Tyler, J Cameron three says, so I did a thing last night, so much fun and joining Kim on her big night on SNL being vulnerable pays off. see you in the hot tub. So, um, <laughs> that was good. There are a lot of people shipping Kim and Tyler online this week. I saw some petitions for, oh, for yeah. getting Tyler and Kim together.
2: I mean, something that made this episode a lot more interesting was that Kim was Single, so that made a lot of the the jokes more interesting, and it made it kind of go off the air after the show in a different way. And now a lot of these jokes have legs. So it's six, five, six days later, and I'm still thinking like, oh, but Kim and Tyler, Kim and Chase, or all these things. And and so I'm kind of I wish that she'd hosted sooner, but I'm glad that she hosted as a single woman because it just gave these all of these jokes sort of a little bit more oomph and and realness
0: let's do one more uh this is from a great account that we like to follow uh comments by celebs and uh they posted uh i guess a instagram of amy schumer uh she said the sexual wave hit the after party and it's a it's a photo of Amy Schumer and 80 walking into the after party, um, which is, they're just like such a funny duo. Um, I have something special that I would like to show you, Thomas, and you, Nicole, and all the listeners who are watching along today. Here, let me bring this up for both of you. Okay, we mm-hmm. have a video here, and we'll, we'll talk over it. So, this thing. Uh, I wanted to bring this up on screen. This is a video of the after party, uh, the SNL after party. People arriving to the after party. So Nicole, can you uh, you know play the role of somebody you know on the red carpet? Explain to the listeners what's happening as people show up to the after party for us today. Can you do that for us?
2: Yes, of course. So in this okay. video, everyone's everyone's coming in. Uh, should I? I, I can. I can narrate it if you could play.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to play this for for you. Let okay, me Okay, here you we go. To, so it's a volume, Zero Bond.
2: Guys, so. It's a Zero Bond, which is a very cool club. Here we have Chloe and Scott, a great duo. They're walking in, killing it. Scott's in his north face. He was walking around in it during the show. It was funny. Um, then we've got Chris and Corey Gamble. Corey, the man of the hour, the butt of maybe the deepest yeah, joke so of the whole night. That's
0: the Corey, right? That's the Corey from the monologue. That's
2: Corey Gamble. That is okay. Chris's boyfriend who is a few months younger, I believe, than Kim. He's 40 years old.
0: Okay, got Which it. Is, yeah, we were yeah. I was trying to figure out who that was. And then also, uh, just for people who are listening, and this is the TMZ footage of people arriving to the after party. Let's yes, continue.
2: Yes. Who else do we got right here? Here's Jonathan, a.k.a. Food God. He legally changed his name to Food God, everybody. And he was asked, um, what do you think? How was Kim? And he said, not one error, something like that. He, he was She was amazing. She killed it. Not one mistake.
0: Okay. Food right. got
2: always Kim's biggest cheerleader and legally changed his name to Food God, everybody. Fun fact. <laughs> there she is. There's Kim in one of her many Balenciaga looks of the night, of the week, of the month, actually, because she's on a whole thing with them she everyone all the so she's been in so many different tmz moments in her life some they the, the cameras and the lights were more positive than others this one based on this that i watched it was overwhelmingly positive everybody all of these paparazzis they were just like you were amazing who they had some specific questions like who helped you prepare um who wrote those jokes things like that but it was pretty much just you were amazing you did great um, and it was really cool to see. And she, you could see she was very receptive right there when she says thank you. When she hears something nice, she took the time to look up and, and acknowledge it. And then the more specific questions she totally ignored, as I think she should, so that she can acknowledge that in a way that is more in her control. So she was, cool. she was great. Yes.
0: So uh, then we have Adi and Amy Schumer showing up, like we just talked about.
2: Yes these queens i love this friendship
1: this is a great
0: friendship
2: mm-hmm.
0: okay did they go back go.
1: amy and 80 uh
0: did i they don't know you are the kind of newly best buds i don't know if it's like a relationship that was built at the show oh. but um this is always the most fun we don't usually get footage of this but this is lauren michaels coming into the after party let me play this for you guys
2: this was good so, the same thing. They're like, Kim was amazing. And he, he said, I know, I was there. I saw her. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> it was really uh, funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I wish we had a camera on Lauren during the after parties. I so would love to just see what he's doing there. Okay, here we go. There's Bo and Yang There's and Celeste. In
2: and celeste yes then we got gail king
0: this is weird this was super weird (laughs) why is gail king at the after party for the (laughs) Kim? she wasn't in the show so they just reached out to gail king and said gail come on down to the after party
2: yeah why not gail deserves the world if she wants to go to an after party pop off she looks fabulous she said something like it's past my bedtime i know what they were like oh look at you they're like i know it's past my bedtime what am i doing
0: Okay, so now we're on our way out of the after party. This is after the after party.
2: Oh, I love this iconic. She's really giving like early two thousands realness with that pose. I love it. Such All right, an so icon. You're,
0: so, so Nicole, you're in front of Kim Kardashian right now. What are you asking her?
2: Oh gosh, I, I would ask, um, what was your favorite? You're one of these
0: reporters, so you got to get your word yeah. in. What are you saying? Quick,
2: I'd say, I would say. Um, what was your favorite part of the show? That's, that's just my, my impulse. Cause I'm thinking after li- watching it, I, I wouldn't, I don't know that I would even go specific. I think I would just want something memorable that I could quote. And based on the statistics here, if I ask something specific, she's probably going to ignore it. So I'd rather ask something a little bit more vague that I can run with rather than risk my moment be just her rightfully ignoring it if it's too specific. So I would just say like, what was your favorite part? Something kind of like yeah. that.
0: Well, this is really cool. Her taking pictures with people who are waiting outside the after party. Like, not everybody does that. And then she got she did a bunch of selfies, and this is pretty cool. Honestly, you know, a lot of people had impressions of Kim Kardashian going into the show. I think she came off like super nice, super friendly, um, like really like bought into it. Like Thomas, I was really impressed with just like her as a person
1: from the show. Yeah, I was completely impressed, and and like I said, I, I didn't I didn't negatively judge it when they announced her, but I was still a little bit skeptical, Um, but she was game. She was really, you can tell from the monologue that she was just really um, willing for the most part to, to open herself up and and just kind of let the show uh, take her where it did. And a lot of the, uh, on social media and Instagram and stuff, a lot of the cast members were very complimentary of her saying that they, that she was really sweet to them and they had a really good time that week. So, so she wasn't one of those hosts that came in and just alienated everybody. It seemed like she played ball and got along with everybody This. uh, last week
0: all right there's a lot in social media this week uh it was cool to just cover it you know to get some some ideas of what was happening the after-party footage is always really fun Let's answer some feedback questions. There's been people who are waiting for us to answer. They sent in some questions to us. Every single week, we put out a Google form on Twitter for you to ask questions. We can answer them on the show with a different patron each week. And we also put up an Instagram DM where you guys can respond as well. Thomas, I sent you the questions prior to the show. Is there any question on that doc that stood out to you that you kind of wanted to start with as we begin to answer the feedback questions? Uh, yes.
1: Yeah. So so we can start with... Um, and... I I don't know if you want a credit. I don't have the credits in front of me, but somebody asked, um, is Cecily Strong SNL's most underrated performer? That's actually probably the question that I spent the most time kind of chewing on. Um, okay. That's so a, is, uh,
0: Troy Johnson. Yeah. Okay.
1: So Troy Johnson is Cecily Strong SNL's most underrated performer. And when people ask things like that, my immediate response is to say no. And here's why. But I was kind of thinking about it and I actually think that she might be uh, is where does it sounds because um, people you know she came in at the same the same years Kate McKinnon and AD Bryant like we said 2012 so she's so, so those are essentially her classmates and I think especially Kate has kind of has overshadowed Cecily. And uh, over the last ten years, since they've been both cast members, Kate's gotten a lot of the shine. She's gotten a lot of the characters that have really popped off the screen. So I think a lot of the discussion has been about Kate. So Cecily, I think, has kind of got lost a little bit uh, in that shuffle. And then there, we hit a point where everybody, and rightfully so, wanted to give newer cast members credit. So, like, we you know we started giving Ego Wodum, Heidi Gardner, a lot of credit. So then that was another time where Cecily didn't really get talked about a lot. So even though she's, she's very present to a lot of hardcore SNL fans and, you know, she's really great, I think she actually really does uh, uh, go overlooked. And, and I think she might be looking at the 21-person the cast roster. I think, I think Cecily actually might be the most underrated performer uh, currently on SNL.
0: Nicole, any opinion on who is the most underrated person on the show right now?
2: I would say no. Um, I do think in that trio of 80 Cecily, and Kate, Kate has overshadowed in unbelievable amounts in the three. They've they they've always been kind of seen and regarded as a trio, but with Kate being the most, always the most likely to win the Emmy if they're all nominated and, and so on. So um, with that said, they've all been acknowledged as a trio in many respects. So I, I'd say the most underrated players on the cast right now would be people who never even got to be acknowledged that way of, of a trio or of a duo or of an era. So there are a lot of people like that. And at this point it would be most of the cast. So I don't have an answer, but there's all of these people who have come in between 2015 and and now. So there's Heidi, there's Ego, there's Alex, there's Mikey, there's, um, I mean, all of these, all these people that are, will they ever even, Melissa is another one. Like, the way that we used to think about eras I don't think will apply anymore. But I would I would give that title to someone who we don't we wouldn't even be able to describe in a way of oh, you know, the three of them, the way that we can think of Cecily, AD and Kate that way. So I don't think she is. I think she's very highly regarded as she should be. But I wouldn't I wouldn't say that or come close to it.
0: I feel like it's Heidi. Like it has to be Heidi. I know that she gets like a lot of props in our community for like everything that she does. But I think that like, because uh, Kate, Cecily and 80 are like, so um, like known as like the the people who've been around the longest. And then there's like some new people coming in. Like Heidi was like somewhat like fell in the middle between those eras. And um, I, I'm really feeling like great about her through two episodes. I think that she's going to be like getting her shine a lot more in 47, but I think she was underrated as a performer coming in. Um, So that would be probably my pick. I would say. Um, Let's take this question from Alexia Ray. Alexia, thank you for sending a question two weeks in a row. She says, how do you feel about James Austin Johnson after two weeks? Did the hype continue? So, Thomas, I know uh, this was quite the debate on the roundtable this week. Uh, How do you (laughs) feel about James Austin Johnson after two weeks?
1: I think uh, even though he had less of a presence in this show, uh, I'm not an SNL statistician, but I'm pretty sure his screen time was was a lot less than the first week. Uh, but I think he did a great job as Lindsey Graham. He left an impression on me just for that one uh, one impression alone. Um, so I think he's still on a star trajectory. Honestly, we, had, it, we had, it's been a long time since we have seen uh, a new cast member coming and make this kind of splash, and nothing happened this episode. Uh, to make me change my mind. I'm happy that he's quickly shed the um, label as just a Trump impersonator. Uh, I know that was talked about uh, maybe even a little on this network when he got hired. It's like, why are they hiring a Trump impersonator? Now it seems like weird timing, but I'm really glad that he's showing that he can do, he's more than just a Trump impersonator. He can, he can do Lindsey Graham or Joe Biden, Larry, the cable guy. He has, he has all sorts of uh, impressions that he can do, Um, but nothing about, You know, I think I do think the hype continues, and I think it's 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 warranted uh, in his case.
0: Yeah, that's certainly fair. Um, Nicole, did you want to comment on that one?
2: Yeah, I think that at first we were comparing his his debut. A lot of people were saying like a Will Ferrell or or something like that, but now it's more Daryl Hammond to me, and he even really looks like Daryl Hammond when he gets into certain makeup and prosthetics and things. There two different times this this episode and the last one I, for a second, I really thought Daryl Hammond was on my screen. Um, I could have been convinced. So I think that he will be an SNL legend more than an SNL star in the way that Daryl Hammond is. I think he's going to have a huge lasting impact, but I don't know that he's going to be this sort of like tabloidy kind of person or like the the movie star. I think he's going to be more of like a, maybe it's more of a utility player, Um, but that's, that's kind of where I'm seeing him now. It's like, he's slipping in very comfortably into these huge roles, but I don't know that he's going to be the, the kind of the Will Ferrell energy. It's, it's more kind of Daryl Hammond vibes to me, which, which is, would be amazing. If that's his case, that'd be a great position to be in.
1: No, I think that's a a good point about not being like a movie star. Um, I don't, I don't think he'll necessarily be like a movie star, but I think, like an SNL star, like kind of in in, in that world, I definitely agree with you. I think um, uh, it begs the Daryl Hammond comparison, but I think you're right on uh, as far as as far as why.
0: Yeah, he looks like the son of Brad Hall, but acts like (laughs) Daryl Hammond. Um, It's actually really funny. Honestly, I I keep getting uh, season 21 comparisons where I get like Daryl Hammond as James Austin Johnson and then uh, Sherry O'Terry as Sarah Sherman we were talking about. So it's like, okay, who's Aristotle? So we'll think about this as we keep going. Okay, next one. Uh, this is from Harper Ellis. Uh, Nicole Harper asks, a "Biggest surprise from the Kim episode? Were there any surprises for you?"
2: No, I mean, I'm I'm a big Kim fan. When this news broke, of the spectrum of people who ended up being pleasantly surprised to pleasantly happy and didn't think it, it whatever, I I must admit that I she did better than I thought she would. I really I wish I could be someone who was so excited and knew she would do well. Um I was so excited but I wasn't sure how it would be. So for me a surprise was just the You know what? I think I think I was I I uh, I I wish that she had done a little bit more kind of out there boldness, but I I think in terms of surprises just that um Here's what it, I'll say. I was surprised that the reaction was so uniform, and that there were there weren't as many people who were gonna still find ways to to make fun of her and, and speak poorly about her. It was really just the Karens were were finding ways to to talk down on Kim. So the biggest surprise was that she did well and did not have that many people find ways to say she did poorly. So I think that just is a reflection on where Kim is headed. And I think that there's more respect on her name. So that's a more meta surprise. Um,
0: okay. That, that works. Uh, Thomas, what were you, any surprises that you got out of this episode? Uh,
1: yeah. As someone who's not all that familiar with the Kardashians or the Jenners. I mean, I know who they are, but I've never seen the show or anything. I didn't, I was surprised that she was willing to, kind of make fun of herself if she didn't take herself uh, so seriously, you know, she and, and her family were, uh, were willing to to um, have jokes made at, at their expense. So that, that actually surprised me. Not that I thought that she was self-serious. I just didn't know. Uh, so, so that was a pleasant surprise. And then I think I could sense a little bit of comic timing in, 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 a couple of sketches from her and something that Jay Farrow alluded to, there was some dry comic timing there that I did appreciate from her in that dream guy sketch. There were some moments, especially when she tells John Cena that the the husband situation needs to get taken care of. I thought her delivery was actually pretty good uh, for not being like a comedic performer. And then the lottery sketch, I thought she did play up that whole dry kind of robotic uh, uh, aspect. So, so, so that little bit of dry comic timing uh, definitely su- surprised me as well.
0: Okay uh biggest surprise for me i would say that she did a solo monologue i think that you know i'll keep it short and sweet but i just really was stunned to see that and was so impressed that she did that as well this is from jeremy boulard jeremy says how will kim how will the kim episode be remembered in five years from now so thomas you know we're at season 52 you're on the patron feedback show Mm -hmm. and somebody says remember that kim kardashian episode what are you gonna say about that one
1: I think I think it'll be remembered as honestly like maybe a fairly standard episode of SNL which is a compliment to Kim Kardashian West it's not going to be remembered as the train wreck that some Um, Maybe probably unfairly expected. Um, It's not going to be remembered as a classic episode like we would remember some episodes hosted by Tom Hanks. I think it's going to be remembered as a mostly enjoyable um, standard episode of SNL. And that's actually a good thing. Um, she, she, She fit in more than I think people expected.
0: I don't think that this is going to have the negative long term Mm -hmm. impression that like potentially the Elon Musk or the Paris Hilton episode had. So that's, you know, that that's like probably what people were thinking as one to ones going into the episode. And I don't really think that's what happened.
2: Um, I mean, it goes two ways for me. It's if the question that I have now is, what does this mean for the Kardashian, Lorne Michaels, SNL? relationship going forward and I know people were wondering about that like are we going to get a new Kardashian-Jenner at once a year now are we gonna you know have Stormy or Northwest be host in in 10 or 15 years like um, there's a lot that could could happen from it so I think if, if it honestly I could see SNL and the Kardashians having a very fruitful mutually kind of beneficial relationship going forward and very prosperous and iconic one um cool. so that could happen but um, yeah we
0: had a, we had a question nicole also that said could chloe or courtney host now that kim has had success on snl so i guess you can answer that at the same time
2: yes i think chloe would be the next one in the whole family to host
0: okay cool okay uh, <laughs> this is from uh screwdriver mustache finger blood says <laughs> says do any of you play the lotto or otherwise known as the power ball um (laughs) so uh thomas are you a powerball person
1: (laughs) uh i don't play the lotto i think it's been 10 to 15 years since i played the lotto um but i do have a cousin who used to repair lottery machines and had an unfortunate accident live on tv Uh, oh my gosh i know i know right i know i think it maybe aired that footage this weekend on snl
0: did the accident have anything to do with a <laughs> screwdriver mustache finger or blood
1: come to think of it he was without a mustache after the accident very strange right,
0: right. nicole are you a lotto person
2: <laughs> i no sorry I, <laughs> I no i wish but i never never yeah. had that phase of my life but maybe i will
0: okay um let's talk about um the upcoming episode we have rami malik coming in and musical guest young thug we get a few questions on that um this is from um i guess i love you too poor at i love you too poor uh thomas will rami and pete have a sketch together
1: um i think uh if i understand maybe the spirit of this question is like maybe will Ram will Pete impersonate Rami or something like that, but uh, I think they can do. I think they'll probably be in a sketch uh, together. Um, I could see them playing brothers in a sketch uh, or something like that. There's obviously uh, kind of a resemblance, I even mean, given that Pete um, didn't did an impression of of one of one of Rami's characters. Um, I don't think that he'll do an impression of Rami or a character, but I can see them playing like brothers or having uh prominent roles with each other in a sketch
0: yeah nicole we also got this one from at uh not real underscore may says should pete davidson reprise his elliot slash mr robot impression where he uh did an impression of uh rami malik's character from mr robot
2: that was a good one um i'm not so attached to to that character i feel like there's there's new things to to do um, but I, I I love that kind of thing. That when when Pete does a, a deep dive into something like that, and and that was a well really well produced sketch. It was a pre tape, right? Like a really good yes. Um, like one of the yeah, I, I I watched earlier. It was it was good. So um, I don't need that. I think I Rami Malik is someone I I have the least emotional attachment to out of the the recent hosts and upcoming host Jason after him. So. I'm looking at Rami as sort of like in my case, like I'm very open for him to do anything. There's nothing that I I really need. I just think he's a super gifted actor and I hope they use material um, for really gifted actors and they find ways to just make Rami a vehicle for good material um, because I think Rami is the kind of person who will service that very well.
0: It's a really good segue because we had this question come in, Thomas, from a uh, grown-ass woman who says, <laughs> um, what is there to look forward to in the Malik episode when all I can think about is Jason returning to the show? So all right. yeah, pitch the listeners. Tell them yes. why they should check out this week's episode.
1: So I'm definitely looking forward to Jason Sudeikis hosting. So I, I cannot blame you for possibly just skipping ahead and looking forward to his hosting gig. But I will say that last season two of my favorite episodes including the episode that i thought was the best in years were hosted by people who aren't known for their comedic acting so timothy chalamet i think had a really good episode he was a really good host and anya taylor joy i thought her episode was the best they they've done in years quite honestly she hosted the finale and those two aren't known for comedic acting, but they, they were really game hosts. They were really great and they produce really good episodes. So, so I think Rami Malik may surprise you in that way. And there's also this unknown factor. Like, you know what you're going to get. Jason Sudeikis is going to be comfortable doing the show. He might bring back some characters, but we don't know what we're going to get with Rami Malik. So there's some excitement about that of the unknown, like what type of host is Rami Malik going to be? Uh, So I think if, you know, if you're into just finding out um, the unknown and uncovering uh, a a mystery like that and seeing how Rami Malik's going to do, I think there's plenty to look forward to uh, this week.
0: Yeah, I love what Monette says in the chat here. Uh, Rami is a good breather host as a litmus for what the actual quality of the season could be, and I so agree with that. I cannot wait to see what is going to happen here because, as far as I'm concerned, Rami Malik do- like comes in with a complete blank slate into this episode. The writers can write anything for him. Um, you know, I think the only thing that I would say like we could possibly see is they might play on the fact that uh, this whole thing about Rami Malik and Daniel Craig like kissing each other after every um, season that they did together in the recent Bond movie that made news recently. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe there is there is that kissing sketch that we've been all talking about. But honestly, um, I'm just curious to see what the writers will do with him this week, if there's going to be more slice-of-life pieces that they've been holding on to that fit better for somebody like Rami Malek to come in, like a dramatic actor, as opposed to somebody like Kim Kardashian. So I think this could be a really fun episode coming up.
2: Yeah, he's he's sandwiched between out of maybe the entire season. We don't know yet, but Jason and Kim might be the two most specific in terms of how people are writing sketches for them hosts of the entire season. So to be sandwiched between people like that, who every single sketch that Kim got was highly specific for her. Um, and then Jason, it's going to be the same thing. It's not like they're just being like, oh, this is some good material. We'll find a way to fit this host in. So being sandwiched between two people who, for different reasons, occupy that space so much, I think that he's just going to be given good material that they trust a really talented actor to to do. And we'll see if it's a blessing or a curse that they, it's not like they were sitting on things that could have been for anyone and now they can fall back to this week or it's not like they are preparing for the next two weeks and that. So it's 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 going to be interesting to be that in, in this space that that he's in between Kim and Jason.
0: Yeah. What I'm excited to see, honestly, is I saw a video on Entertainment Weekly of... Uh, it was uh, Daniel Craig talking with Rami Malek and the rest of their cast, and they were talking about this viral meme that went out about, you know, that we used to get to see on Twitter. And I guess it eventually ended up inspiring this SNL host intro account that went viral this week, um, <laughs> where it's Daniel Craig saying, ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. And now I, I heard that Rami Malek was in the house for that episode when Daniel Craig said that. So I wanted to know if something special is going to be coming when he says, ladies and gentlemen, young thug. I wonder if we're going to get anything extra this weekend right before the musical performances.
2: Well, Daniel Craig I believe was in uh, 30 Rock this week because he was on Fallon and Fallon got his last um, interview as Bond. It was on, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before that. So Daniel Craig is not too far away, just saying.
0: Yeah, wouldn't be surprised if we saw him this weekend um okay that does it for this week's patron feedback show thomas it was so wonderful to get to talk to you about snl and nicole i'm so appreciative of you joining us uh nicole where can people reach out to you
2: you can reach me at nicole rovine on instagram and on twitter either one
1: cool and thomas what about you and you could reach me on Twitter at Thomas A Senna, and I'm also on Instagram. Just search uh, Thomas Senna on Instagram, and I always love talking SNL with with anybody out there.
0: Yeah, was there anything else, Thomas? By the way, I didn't get to ask you anything else about the show that you wanted to talk about while you were on with us that we didn't get to.
1: Um, I think I think we we uh, we covered everything. I think my two highlights were the please don't destroy sketch, which I, I thought was awesome, and and, and Terry Fink. Terry cool. Fink's been in my been in my mind since he, his first appearance years ago so that was like an awesome surprise for me
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us, both of you. Thank you to everybody in the chat that watched. And if you're listening after the fact, I really appreciate you checking out the patron feedback show. This is a new show that we're doing this year. We're experimenting with different segments on the show to try and make it as fun as possible. It's definitely more casual than the hot take show and the round table that we do earlier in the week. And that's, you know, that's the fun of it is that we get to, you know, finish out the week before a new SNL episode by talking about everything that's happening in the world of Saturday Night Live. So if you are going to be joining us for our coverage of Rami Malek and Young Thug... Join us on Saturday night right after the episode is finished. Come on YouTube. Search for us at the SNL Network, and we will be there with another hot take show late at night. Join us for the roundtable next Monday, and we'll be back here in one week with another patron for the patron feedback show. You can subscribe to us, SNL Network, on YouTube or on any podcatcher. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all the socials. I'm at John Schneider 24 Thank you so much, everybody, for checking out the show today. We will see you next time. Have a good one.